Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, even after the longest week ever, it's my co-host with the co-most. Derek Merkison, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc. Dude. And it's been a week. It's, it's literally been just one week. 2021 has been one week long. And Man. holy crap. Yeah, what there's a lot of shit going on. Dude. And it's all hitting the fan. I know. Bean Dad was this week. Mm. Remember Bean Dad? Yeah. I thought that was going to be the crazy thing that we got to talk about this week. Yeah, when you brought it up to me, I was like, that was this week? <laughs> Dude. So for those of you who don't know, and I don't know if you can still, they probably somebody archived it on Twitter. This asshole who goes by Apocalypse Dad, I guess, and I think he has a podcast too. He's one of those people that likes to use large words just to use large words, and he's so up his own ass you can tell he's just very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's extremely pretentious. I'll, I'll say mm. that. His daughter comes up to him. She's hungry. So he he asked her to open up a can of beans and put it on you know, the stove. And she's nine. And she's like, I don't know how to use the can opener. And he realized that this can of beans didn't have the tab where you just pull it off like most cans do nowadays. Right. Right. And he's like, ooh, learning opportunity. So he <laughs> proceeds to like try to force her to figure out it on our own instead of teaching her. And she... Spent six hours unsuccessfully trying to open up this can of beans. And he he uh, chronicles it via Twitter. And it's just, it's insufferable. And people dragged him. They let him have it. And for good reason. What yeah, the hell is wrong with some you? some beans, daddy. Yeah, from one dad to another. Obviously, my son is about four years younger than his daughter. But even if he was nine, I would show him how to use the fucking can opener. You know? Yeah. Or at least, if I had the idea, like, hey, do you think you can figure it out? Give him like five or ten minutes, okay? Don't cut off his hierarchy of needs, safety, food, right. clothing, shelter, for six hours because you want to get some fucking content for Twitter. And that's basically what it boils down to. Yeah. He was like, ooh, let me exploit my daughter's frustration for content. Right. Like, get the Beans. fuck out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can Google it if you want. It's a harrowing tale of assholery that is, and I, I thought would not be top this week, but then Wednesday came. Ooh, what happened Wednesday? Oh, so a bunch of Trump supporters after a rally where Trump was like, "We're going to march on the Capitol," and then of course we he went home. They all listened to right. him and they marched <laughs> on the Capitol and decided to seditiously attack the Capitol building and break in and steal a bunch of shit in an effort to subvert. A duly elected president and a legitimate election. Yeah. You know, treason shit. Yeah. So, Treasonous. which, it's funny because everything's on video. You got these assholes live tweeting it like, woo, Trump, my name is this. And here's Yee-haw. my ID from work. Yeehaw. Waving Confederate <laughs> flags in the fucking Capitol. Just gross shit. And right wing media is still like, well, actually, it was actually Antifa. <laughs> right. <laughs> If you look closely, Antifa can be seen. And a lot of them refer to the people who stormed the Capitol as patriots. I think Amber Ruffin put it best. When you think of patriots like you or me, I'm thinking of a racist with a flag pen. Right. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here with patriots. Uh, Anyways, I I don't know. It's a lot, man. It is a lot. 
It it is. I didn't think that something like this would affect me as much as it has. And I I know that you and I have talked offline, and I'm my family's like heavily considering just being expats at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I think like he's topped himself, there's no way he can do anything worse. He, he fucking tops himself, and and this has really gotten to me more than I really expected because. It's the doubling down, and there's still a lot of senators, like duly elected senators, who or not. Well, there's a, a few senators, a lot more congressmen, that are still like buying into this whole the election was a fraud thing, and this right. is the aftermath of that. Like people died, and not just one one person would have been enough. I think the death toll is up to like five or six now. Yeah, it's. Yeah. It's insane. And the worst part is, is a lot of them were Trump supporters that are being disavowed by their own community going, oh, this person wasn't a real supporter, even though they're all over social media for like the past, you know, four years. Right. Singing his praises. I'm like, they're they're an Antifa agent, huh? That's a deep cut. They went in four years simping for him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> simping for Trump. It's just. Yeah, it's sad. It is. Sad. It is. It's sad. It's a sad time. I'm a little encouraged by some of the responses I've seen. It looks like impeachment will proceed this Tuesday. We'll see how that actually goes. I don't have a whole lot of faith in Democrats, to be honest, because, I mean, look where we're at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, I'm not saying that they're 100% complicit, but they had a lot more power to prevent it from getting to this, getting this far, and they didn't. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I am encouraged by the fact that uh, Twitter permanently removed Donald Trump's account. That's hilarious. Yeah. And he got blocked from Facebook, too. Yeah, he's on MySpace just raging right now. Him and Tom, <laughs> <Right>. man. <laughs> you know what's funny? On the left, there's this big divide right now. There's a big argument where some people are like saying it's censorship and that if they go through with this ban, then they can just ban anybody they don't they don't want to hear from. They can ban people from the left and like that's a concern. And then other folks are like, no, if there's a fascist, you need to deplatform them. Where where do you stand? Do you think it's a, a good idea what Twitter did or do you think it's a slippery slope? I mean, look at what happened. It literally caused hundreds, if not thousands of people to storm this building and possibly injure slash kill members of the government. Like, yes, close this shit down. Not only that, but the support from police. You have several videos of police being in on it. On-duty officers letting them in. Off-duty officers in the crowd with the rioters. You have police chiefs and union heads across the country supporting it dude yeah, it's, white, it's like white supremacy is in our government like from the top down it's fucked up mm-hmm. so i agree it's with america, you I th- though. yeah no it is america and i'm I'm sick of hearing people say including biden like this isn't us biden this shut the fuck us. up like, this what? is this is america we need to own it if we're going to be able to fix it like i'm right. sorry but like we live in a racist ass white supremacist country and and this shit needs to stop video games Woo! <laughs> your <laughs> I daily say dose one- of politics <laughs> Yeah, uh, daily dose of. But politics. we had to talk. We had to talk about it. We no, to. no, we had to bring it up. I, I am not afraid to let people know where I stand. I think both of us are brave enough to, like, you know, not worry so much about followers because this show is a. It's about our love for video games, but it's also about being real. And right. just to be real for a moment, like, we in no way endorse that. I'm talking 25th Amendment needs to happen, or he needs to be impeached. And a lot of people are saying it's a waste of time to impeach him because he's only got two weeks left. But here's the thing: if he gets impeached. He can't run for a second term, like in the future, because he plans to. He loses right. all of his post-Prezi benefits. No Secret Service, no money, none of that. So, yeah, it needs to happen. And it sets a precedent yeah. that if you fuck up this badly as the president of the United States, 
there are consequences. Yeah. And there needs to be. And as far as censorship is concerned, to me, it's censorship if the platform is public and it's the government or an authority shutting you down. Right. Twitter is a private platform. Really, the conversation should be if you have a platform that that's powerful and that big, should it be broken up and be made public? Right. right. That's the conversation I would be having on the left is the privacy. T- if if this is so powerful, if Twitter is such a big thing to you and you feel like it has to be a right, why is it a private company? But right. that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Yeah. So let's move mm-hmm. on to happier things. All right. Yeah. Every week, you know me. I'm really excited to hear about your pickups and your pickup adventures. So let's move on from the sorry ass state of our country. And let's talk about something <laughs> nice. You find anything cool this week, man? Give me some good news. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, Saturday is like the best day for me for pickups because every time we get on, it's like, oh, I got the best pickup of the week this today. Yeah, like man. Saturdays, you be killing recording. it. Yeah. And so basically I went to Disc Replay and this woman was trading in a bunch of stuff. And I guess they didn't take like a whole box full of it. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to her boyfriend or husband and she's like well we can either put the rest of this stuff outside your apartment and put free on it or we can throw it in the dumpster and i said excuse me (laughs) uh i'll take it off your hands (laughs) always in the right place at the right time man man talk about it i uh they said yeah sure here she's she's like yeah my ex gave it to me for some reason and i didn't want anything to do with it so yeah have fun (laughs) cool so what'd you end up getting in the in the pack so it was a 250 gig Xbox 360 okay, with like 12 games. One of the games being Legend of Spyro Dawn of the Dragon. Oh, which is that's rare, more, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the more hard to find 360 games. It's like $55, like 40 to 55 bucks. That's cool. Saying, oh, yes. And it wasn't like scratched up or anything. And I feel like the reason that this replay didn't take it is because the Xbox was like super dirty. It had mm. like... It looks like the dude was eating pizza on it, and then his cat rolled around in it. <laughs> you know what? I don't blame them. Those are the type of Xboxes that you take in, and all of a sudden your story gets roaches. Right. Like, uh, so maybe people, my house will have roaches. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> definitely open that thing up if you can, or just you know, like keep, keep stuff in a plastic bag. Because I'm sure you've run into this before, and people like need to know, consoles run warm, right? Mm-hmm. And if you get a game console from somebody who is clearly disgusting, like they smoke all over their stuff, there's dirt in the vents, they don't clean very often, odds are they probably do have bugs. Mm-hmm. And bugs tend to seek out the inside of game consoles to stay warm. Right. So, I mean, you'll hear a lot of horror stories from like GameStop or used game employees where they're like, yeah, we took it in and we opened it up and the disc tray popped out and a bunch of bugs, dead bugs or live right. bugs popped out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't blame them for looking at that and going, well, that's that's probably par for the course yeah. for this guy. Let's just yeah, reject so the whole thing. Take, yeah, they didn't take any of the stuff it looked like. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got it off for free and most of it was scratch free. Uh, the thing that I'm not worried about the bugs too much because it's winter. If it was summer or springtime, then I'd be like, eh, maybe I'll leave that out in the car or some shit, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> or spray it out. But, well, uh, I mean, you've been it, doing it, this for a number of years. I figure you have a, a good kind of litmus right. for this type of things, right? Like, it doesn't catch yeah. you by surprise at this point, I, would, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, right. So, uh, I tested everything, and it all works, man. It works That's perfectly. cool. That's so, amazing. Yeah, she just handed me money. So, it's like, yay! But uh, most of that stuff's going to go to my uh, flea market booth, which is, if you're in Indianapolis, it's at 7803 East Washington Street, the Peddler's Mall. 
vendor 921 ask about me <laughs> but uh yeah i got that earlier in the week i got a couple copies of super smash brothers ultimate and mario kart 8 deluxe hang on to one of those copies man i want to get online and play smash with you for a bit okay i've been missing yeah. playing smash with like an actual person yeah and uh the crazy thing is uh mo- this is transferring into my uh next current event went over my mother-in-law's yesterday mm. finally got to see my nephew and he's so cute oh my god babies but not having no more babies but oh my god babies <laughs> they're so cute <laughs> but uh my sister-in-law she's eight uh, 17 or 18 she got a switch for christmas mm. and she got super smash brothers ultimate so it's like oh snap we gotta play we gotta play we gotta play yeah, yeah. And she plugs it in me my brother-in-law and her we're just sitting there and it comes on and it's like nobody's unlocked but like the first six people i was like no well, yeah <laughs> yeah that's how it goes i, yeah. I forgot about that though yeah yeah Cause, yeah cause so you can't fighting, go to your main <laughs> yeah most fighting games you know they have everybody unlocked but not smash mm-hmm. so we were just playing and playing and playing kept unlocking people and just before we were about to leave ike shows up and i'm like Damn. yes okay <laughs> and i unlock him and then i get to play with him one round and then and you just you, you just annihilate your family with ike yeah Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty much winning the whole time, but we were all having fun. Yeah, I've been secretly practicing with an Ike counterpick because I know that you like Ike so much and I want to kick your mm-hmm. ass. Well, I was also <laughs> playing with Captain Falcon, my first love <laughs> from Melee. Now i got to get a counterpick for Captain Falcon. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was like, I just need one sword character. Just one. Just give me a sword character and I'll yeah. work it out. But, you know, yeah, that was a good time, man. I uh, really enjoyed it. It made me want to play Smash more. So, yeah, Smash is a great time. I really sad because right before the pandemic hit, we talked about this before. Oh, yeah. I had that Smash night planned. I worked so hard on all these different game modes that I made, these custom game modes. Uh, mm-hmm. Where's my phone at? Hold on a second. I got to read <laughs> some of these off to you because they are they, they sound amazing and they probably would have been a lot of fun. And I want to do them someday. OK, That's I have a note for Smash custom rule sets. Now, a lot of these. These notes augment the rule sets that I already have programmed into my Smash Ultimate game. But we got Smash of the Dead, Custom Mm. Smash, Angled, Team Battle, One Person is a Zombie, and Where's the Zombie Spirit Team that I made. The others are the Survivor Team. It's Stamina, so the Zombie's at 300 HP, the Survivors are at 50. The Damage Handicap is increased depending on the size of the Survivor Team. The Zombie Character Picks are the Dark Links, Dark Samus, Ganondorf, Dark Mewtwo... Ridley, Dracula, Me Brawler, because I have a Me Brawler, it's like Dracula, Zombie Me Brawler, okay. or Jason Me Brawler. And the survivors can be Fox, Falco, Wolf, Captain Falcon, Sheik, Zero Suit, or Samus, Snake, Ryu, Ken, Bayo, Me Gunner, or Terry. And the zombie mm-hmm. cannot pick up items. That's a rule. Oh, okay. I have one called Smash Busters. It's basically like Ghostbusters. So Smash Busters is a team battle. One person is a ghost. They got a ghost spirit team. I have me gunners that are all the different ghostbusters. It was a stamina too. <laughs> I had Kaiju smash. So special Ooh. smash size, mega weight, heavy. You have a Kaiju spirit team and you have to either pick Bowser, Ridley, DK or King K rule. I, one of my favorite ones, <laughs> the rule sets called gimme that nut. <laughs> Ganondorf only. You got to equip the spirit team that that's called gimme that nut. Items are on high, Deku nuts only. Deku nuts only. Wow. And of course, I had stuff like Super Street Fighter Bros. And you do heavy smash so you can barely jump. 
And then Fast Smash, if you want to do like super turbo Street Fighter Bros. I have a Street Fighter Spirit team. It's a, you know, obviously a stamina battle. It's 1v1. You got to pick Ryu, Ken, Terry, Little Mac, or Incineroar. Okay. Good times. So, yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of different ones like that. Like, I worked really hard, and that's something that we got to do once the, once things open back up. Big smash party, man. Yeah. I'm into it. Not sexual at all. No. I mean, it can be. I'm already yeah. pretty excited. Look <laughs> at these pants. <laughs> <laughs> Give me them nuts. <laughs> Give me that nut. <laughs> We're so gross. What'd you do Saturday night? Oh, God, it was crazy. Yeah. Derek chased me around with his nut everywhere, and he finally hit me right <laughs> in my face. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. All right. I'm in a better okay. mood now. Thank you. You're welcome. So, uh, last thing I've got for current stuff, man. Yeah. I think it was Friday. I was at Discreet Play Castleton. Uh-huh. And nothing of consequence was there. And then later I look on Facebook and Discreet Play South is like, hey, we got PS5s. Oh, they're oh, sold out. Oh. And then Discreet Play Castleton is like, oh, we got PS5s. Oh, they're sold out. I was like, I was oh. just there. Oh. Like, did they get them after I left? Like, I was just, oh my God. I was so upset. That sucks. Because like I said, I can wait, but if I see one out, I'll buy it. Yeah, especially at this replay because you got all that credit. Oh, I don't have it no more. I spent it all. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, I spent it all. But still, still. I'll still buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, totally. I don't have to pay exorbitant prices, but yeah. So You've been downloading really? the license to the PS5 games that have been given out, though, right? On your PS Plus account? No. You need to do that. Go online and download. Right now, they gave away for this month Man Eater on PS5. Go ahead and download okay. that. Is you Bug can... Snack still available for free? Mm, I, you know, it might be because I think that they extended it. But okay. traditionally, obviously, it wouldn't be because usually it's only supposed to be for a month. Right. But yeah, I mean, just because and listen, people, if you're a PS4 or you, if you have a PlayStation Plus account and you don't have a PS5 yet, still go online and download the license for the PS5 games that are coming out. Because then when you get your PS5, you'll have access to those games. Okay. Yeah. little pro tip. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Awesome. Yeah. Totes, man. I did that before I got my PS4. Like, I downloaded a bunch of PS4 games, so I'd have them ready. So. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, let's get into what we're playing, then. What you been, uh, what you been playing this week? I picked up Unravel 2 okay. on the PlayStation Store during the holiday sale. I think it was about 7 bucks. It was actually an Unravel and Unravel 2 bundle. And me and Vicky started playing it. Basically, it's a game where you play as these two little yarn creatures. One's called Yarny. I forget what the other one's called. But uh, it's a Barney. co-op. Yeah, right. Yarny and Barney. Barney! <laughs> <laughs> it's a co-op platformer. And you each have to, you know, do certain things to progress to the level. Throw your yarn. You tie, it, you tie it up in knots and you can jump on it on the strings and get higher and you can swing on the yarn like spider higher baby uh yeah. get higher baby uh get higher girl i'm sorry i got like two songs playing in my head because what you've been talking about yeah, it really makes you feel like spider-man yeah all the exaggerated swagger of a michael's craft store yarn bag right but uh yeah we had a great time we just played the introductory level playing a bit of hollow night last night mm. What can I say? But it's extremely frustrating. And there are places that I know how to get to and I know what to do. But sometimes I just cannot uh, perform. Just can't perform, man. I don't know what's going on. It happens to a lot of guys, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I know I'm capable of doing it. But, you know, it just wasn't in me last night. So. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We can try again later, honey. Don't worry about it. 
Right. And of course, I, I looked up some tips on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I ain't, ain't no shame in that game. You know, sometimes you just you need a little extra help. I go on YouTube sometimes. and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Right. <laughs> Why is my wife upset with me? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Hollow Knight, I love it, but it's just so frustrating. Jeez. Started playing Yakuza 5 again, trying to get okay. working on that backlog. Yeah, right, right. I uh, played for a little bit and I was like, oh, God, it's so hard to get back into. Especially yeah. since it's actually a PS3 game and I've already played the Kiwami. Uh-huh. One and two, and they're uh-huh. much better as far as mechanics and everything. But, you know, I kind of stopped playing that, and then I jumped back on East Memories of Celsetta, and I'm loving that. I just love the gameplay. You're just running around real fast, killing enemies, then you get to a place, and then you go to another place, run around real fast, killing enemies. So, gameplay loop is very satisfying. I love it. Good. I need to open up my copy. I think it's about time I play it, too. Yeah. Definitely. Especially yeah. since Nine's about to come out. Yeah. Although, yeah, I, I, think again, it's only I have more time a... than you do, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's only a 20-hour game, too, so... Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I think I should. All right. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you're experiencing a little bit of gaming ADHD. That's what I like mm-hmm. to call it. Where you're just yeah. like, yeah, why don't you do that? Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've been experiencing that, too, for sure. Now, you had a chance to play the Ease 9 demo, because for those who don't know, oh, yeah. the Ease 9 demo dropped on the PlayStation Network store. Uh, you've had some hands-on time with it. What do you think? Oh, I love it. Yeah? It's everything it needed to be for me. There's a few things going on with like the camera and everything, but you can fix that. So mm. it didn't bother me as much. But like the combat, the flashiness of it, mm. the traversal, all the extra techniques that they let you use, like the wings you can glide mm. with, and mm. the uh, kind of grappling hand, all that super dope. Character designs really awesome. I cannot wait for this game to come out. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd have to agree. It was a little, like you said, iffy at first. I think that's why I called and talked to you about the camera. Because if Mm -hmm. you let it default to locking on automatically, as soon as you get anywhere within a mile of an enemy, even if they're like separated by walls, the camera like locks onto them. And when you try to move the camera manually, it snaps back to the enemy. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Ideally, you want to go in and turn the lock on off and then reset the game so it actually works. And then just do manual lock on and get used to that. I agree, though. The The movement is nice. You can do wall running. You can zip to a lot of various points in the level if they have like a, a zip point. The demo is split into two parts, and the second level that you can pick also gives you a glide ability. And anybody that's played Ease or played any kind of Metroidvania is familiar with this because Ease does this Metroidvania formula where you can pick up traversal abilities as you progress through the game. So they may open up a map to you, but there's certain areas that you can't access until you get like a double jump or a wall run or a glide, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And it looks like this ease is going to be no different. And of course, every character has up to four abilities they can map to like a a trigger. So you hold R1 and then press one of the four face buttons to do the, the abilities and they'll accomplish like different things in battle. You got your dodge. You can do perfect dodges. You can switch between three characters in a party. Each character will have a damage type like piercing or crushing. And different enemies are going to be weak to different damage types. Very similar to the game that I've been playing for a bit and that you just beat. You know, Tokyo Xandu EX Plus. Like that's yeah. that seems to be a Falcom formula, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, they know what they're doing. They, no, it, it works. It does. Yeah, I, I was a little unimpressed at first, but then I, I got a chance to play more of the demo and I actually got more into it. And I agree with you. I, it, I'm pretty excited to actually play the full game. And yeah. 
I don't like having all that dumped on me at once because it was just a little bit overwhelming. But once I took my time to, and went back through, the one thing I don't like about the demo, it cuts you off after 10 minutes of play no matter what. And I don't like yeah. that. I like to be able to take my time. Like, just give me a certain section of the game. Because the thing is, they do cut you off. Like, you can't just go forever on that 10 minutes. Uh, right. If you beat a second boss in the first level, it cuts you off, I noticed, because I got to a second boss and beat it. But, yeah. No, other than that, I'm pretty excited about it, too. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, I beat the first. I beat the boss in the second. On oh, the second one, yeah, I beat the, the boss in the. That you play. Yeah, yeah, I beat the two bosses in the first, and I think I only beat one boss in the second level. But yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, I finished it this past Monday when I did Brawlers. I did my last story mission, and uh, can we do a little mini spoiler talk on this game, or are you planning on playing it? Ah, uh, you can do a mini spoiler. Okay, I'm gonna do a mini spoiler talk. And I'll put it in the description when it's safe to, to listen back if you don't want to be spoiled on it. A lot of people, the story is causing a lot of controversy because of how the game was advertised. Age of Calamity was advertised as a prequel to Breath of the Wild. It kind of is and it kind of isn't. Because they're doing some alternate timeline shit. Oh. So yeah, they split the timeline a la Ocarina of Time. So basically what happens is you start the game at the very end where... All hope is lost. Link's been bodied. Zelda hasn't unlocked her power. And then she finally gets her power enough to like seal around herself in the castle and transport Link off to the place where he's going to rest for a hundred years. And like somehow her crying out or her unlocking her energy zips back to her room in the castle. And the little mascot you've probably seen, the little guardian, the tiny one, the egg, little egg guardian, he mm -hmm. pops out. And he uses like his guardian ability to open a rip in time. And just as he's about to jump through this time tunnel, some malice from one of the guardians like follows in after him. So you got the little guardian and some malice traveling back in time. And the malice, of course, is from from Ganon. Right. And the guardian basically knows what's going to happen and gives them a heads up. And so now they have these extra abilities to fight, but also the malice infected the little guardian from back in time that hasn't awakened yet. So you have two guardians, one that's like Ganon controlled and one that's not. Hmm. And then when it comes to that pivotal battle where Ganon sends his blights to take over the divine beasts and defeat the champions, again, Zelda cries into her little guardian and he uses time powers to bring back the champions from Breath of the Wild that helped Link. And they have memories of Link and in retaking back control of the divine beasts. So you get Riju from the Garuda, you get Teba from the Rito, you get Unobo from the Goron, and you get Prince Sidon all grown up from the Zora. And they come back and help the champions long enough for Link to get there and save their lives. And so that's where the time really starts to diverge. And in this version of Age Calamity, you actually stop the Calamity. Oh, and then the champions get the new champions, you know, from Breath of the Wild, they get sent back right. to their timeline. Now, Breath of the Wild 2 is obviously from the original timeline. But now I'm wondering, since that sequel will uh, technically have a Sidon, a Teba and a Unobo and a Riju that remember going back in time. How's that going to play into the story? I wonder, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's going to be kind of weird. So that ends the spoiler talk. Overall, I really enjoy the game. It's a lot shorter than the other Hyrule Warriors. Like, you know, that one I'm like 500 hours in, still trying to finish all those maps. I've yeah. I 100 percented Age of Calamity about 80 hours. Wow. So, yeah, definitely a change of pace, but a great game. A lot of people really like it. I think the biggest strength that Age of Calamity has over other Warriors games 
is how different each of the different warriors plays. Right. Like they play extra different. A lot of them are very fun. And it just seems a lot less daunting to do all the extra content if you want to get most out of it. And I think, you know, 80 hours for that game, that's that's decent. That's a decent game. That's a decent purchase. So I, I, I recommend it. I definitely think it's worth it. So Yeah. Now, do you uh, value, as far as value, do you put dollars to hours or does it just depend on how much you experienced it or how good of an experience it was? I get what you're saying. I definitely did that when I was younger. You know what I mean? And I couldn't mm-hmm. buy every game I wanted and, you know, money was tight and I had to budget. Being older, I kind of just like finishing games more than having to play them for a really long time. So right. I kind of put value in it. Like, I think paying 60 bucks for a game I'm going to beat in five hours, if it doesn't have any replay value, I still shy away from that. And I really enjoy right. when I pay 60 bucks for a game and it's at least 60 hours or more. But if I pay like 30 bucks for a game that's like 10 hours, I'm not as mad you know, as long as the gameplay was fun from start to finish. It just depends on the game. Right. How about you? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I put the dollar value on it, especially when it's like an RPG. And it's like, oh, wow, I played that for 100 hours and I only paid 30 bucks for it. Ooh. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Super good value. But if it's like a two-hour experience that like changed my life, <laughs> kind of like yeah. Journey. Yeah. Journey was just beautiful. I think I paid like 10 bucks for that. Mm-hmm. And I did not regret it at all. Like probably would have wouldn't have regretted if you paid sixty bucks, huh? Uh, you said it changed your life. Yeah, sixty dollars, sixty dollars a lot. That's pushing it, huh? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes when I feel like, especially if a game drops in price right after I pay full price, if I really like the game and like you said, it's either feels formative or or changes something or becomes one of my favorites, I don't mind giving. I feel like I gave that money as a reward to the people who made it for me. Right. Yeah. It's the reason why I'm okay with buying multiple copies of a favorite game. Like I have, <laughs> I got Final Fantasy 10 and 10-2 on the PS2. I bought them both when they first came out. I got it on PS3. I got it on PS4, and I just bought the digital version on Switch. And I don't mind giving Square that money because I love that game, yeah. and I appreciate that they made that game. And yes, I know I that remake. The, <laughs> yeah. Like I've already put I think 50 hours into that game since I started it on Switch. You know what I mean? So, although a lot of that was uh, doing some grindy bits, but, you know, there's a decent chunk of that. That's just, you know, me on the treadmill, you know, so they're, they're helping me exercise. That's good. <laughs> so let's see. Still playing through Cyberpunk 2077. It, You know, it's funny. I, I was just recently playing it this week and I was like, oh, I'm getting kind of bored. Do I really yeah. still want to play this game? And then I get into this mission that's really interesting. Like I did this mission where... I'm kind of like romancing this uh, detective and we did a, uh, a couple of really interesting missions together. We were chasing down like a serial killer. And then I can tell that he's into me because he's oh. I'm, I'm playing as like female V and oh. I already struck out with Pan Am because <laughs> she only likes guys. I think right. so. My only romantic options are him or Judy. And I was like, well, maybe it's both. So I went on the date with him and we were at like his sister's place and we were playing an augmented reality game with his kids. And then just hmm. hanging out. And I was like, this is actually really fun. And then Goro, which is the Arasaka employee that you get into like the main plot with in the beginning, he starts to open up about his backstory as we're like doing some reconnaissance on this place where you want to like infiltrate to set up another future mission. And his backstory is kind of interesting and we're waxing philosophical. Like when the writing is good in cyberpunk, it's really good. 
I think yeah. what it suffers from is what a lot of open world games suffer from, which is just bloat, open world bloat, Yeah. where the pacing is off. And it's worse in Cyberpunk because, you know, usually you can tell which missions are going to be more in depth or have more writing and which ones are going to be kind of one off bandit camp style missions. But in Cyberpunk, yeah. it's really hard to tell which mission is which. Mm -hmm. So you could go hours and hours in that game just playing a bunch of throwaway shooty shoot bang bang missions that don't have any story before you come across some of the, the deeper, maybe more fulfilling, interesting side missions or main missions that you would play. So yeah. kind of makes me want to go back and play the Witcher three and it's finish it actually. Yeah. Yeah. I've never finished it. You should definitely get the uh, side content too. Cause the side content is yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. Like the bloody Baron stuff was just ridiculously good. Yeah. The bloody Baron is probably one of my favorite side quests. It really spoke to me too, because Obviously, I couldn't relate one-to-one -to, -one to the Bloody Baron because he made a lot of mistakes in life. But the whole drama yeah. between him and his wife and them losing that child, like, I definitely felt that, you know, on a, yeah. per, on a personal level. So, right. yeah. No, for anybody who hasn't played Witcher 3, oh, my gosh, get on that. Blood and Wine and the – what's the other DLC the that Hearthstone? they did? Or is that Skyrim? Heart, no, it's, uh, it's like Hearts of Stone? No. I can't remember what the other one is, but they're both really good. And uh, I, I would recommend it to anybody who wants to check it out for sure. So if you're into RPGs at all. They, it's, and the best thing about Witcher 3, and this is why I was surprised about Cyberpunk 2077, they do clearly mark the side quests that are going to be more involved. You know, right. like you can yeah. tell what you're getting into, essentially. So Spooky's mm -hmm. Jump Scare Mansion played that for Friday Night Frights again, and it got a lot harder. Oh, my gosh. I was telling you earlier about somebody actually commenting on the video I uploaded to YouTube. Like, hey, you're having a lot of trouble with the puppet guy. Here's how you do that. Okay. Here's how you beat the puppet guy. <laughs> Thanks, by the way. I think his name is Ryan J. Thanks, Ryan J. I appreciate it. I did eventually figure it out, but those tips are going to help if I have to go against puppet right. guy again. <laughs> but yeah, I had a lot of fun playing Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion. Somebody hopped on a new follower and was kind of walking me through. They had beat it a couple times and we were chatting it up and... It's always great when you're streaming and somebody hops on and hangs out with you for a bit. So thank right. you for that. And then the last thing, actually, there's two more games. I'll go really quickly, though, because I know I've been droning on for a while here. I played Splatterhouse that I bought from you recently. Yeah. It's not great. Right. But. No, it's just not great. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's. I can tell there's some effort put in there, but it's just a little bit like I, I I'm a you know me I'm a sucker for edge lords. That's the reason why I like those types of games. It right. was too much. You go around like trying to save your girlfriend, and you find pictures of her that she leaves behind, but they're like naked pictures, and I'm like, why am I collecting naked pictures of my girlfriend in this mansion? Right. <laughs> and the game, the combat is just a little too sluggish and a little broken, and there's it's a little buggy. I don't know, like I. It's interesting, like, I want to see the monster designs, and the combat does open up a little bit. If you play, you know, a couple hours into the game, you'll start to get abilities that you can unlock. It's just, there's a certain amount of jank to it. Like, it's hard to describe. It's one of those games you have to play to understand how it plays, if that yeah. makes sense. It's overly tough until you get this healing ability and understand how it works, and then it becomes overly easy. So, <laughs> it's just, yeah. the balance is all over the place on that game. But well, I'm sorry, I, man. I haven't played it in... Uh... Like a few years, I remembered liking what little bit I did play. Yeah, but, uh, no, I mean, yeah. Splatterhouse as a series is really like enjoyable. Like I like the older 16-bit, 32-bit games. 
And it's a rare game. It's nice to have it in the collection just for the fact that it's hard to find. So don't apologize. I knew what I was, I knew it was poorly rated and I knew that there was a lot of development issues with the game. So that it was probably going to have a certain amount of jank. So I'm not surprised. I was going in expecting it to be a little bad and it it was, but it's okay. I may eventually finish it, but I I played about three or four hours of it this week. And I was like, yeah, it's about what I expected. (laughs) So. But you and I got together on Wednesday night and played some Streets of Rage 4. That Streets was good times. Rage. <laughs> oh my god, it was so fun. <laughs> <fun. laughs> that was actually really fun. I had a really yeah. good time with that. What do you think about the game? I mean, it's not amazing, but it's exactly what it needed to be. I felt like it was amazing. I mean, maybe it's because I've been playing a lot more beat-em-ups lately, so I, I have a more recent recollection of good ones and bad ones. It was, it felt tight. I like how the screen shakes and you really feel the weight of each punch that you deliver to the bad guys. Yeah. You know what? I, it was amazing. No, it was. It was really good. Yeah, and it was. And we, I, I think we beat it, right? We finished it. Yeah, we beat it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 12 or 13 levels, I think. Yeah. 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 It only took us like a couple hours. Uh, I'm going to play it this Monday for brawlers. So I don't know how far I'm going to be able to get by myself. But, you know, playing with a friend, obviously, that's the way it's intended. Got to try out a couple of the characters. Blaze mm-hmm. has got that that mom bod that I need. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoo, she is fine. Um, <laughs> but all the characters, like, look really great. They animate well. You can unlock the original sprites and the original kind of play style of, of the older characters in the series. They had a lot of callbacks, like, in the boss. Like, if you're a fan of Streets of Rage, they deliver. Yeah. They put in the, the remixes of the songs or the enemies or the bosses or the setups that you remember from the original games. And it's actually a lot of fun. I, I love the amount of Easter eggs they had. It was cool. And the fact yeah, that they continue the story to where like they're all older and some of them had kids and the kids you get to play as. That's actually really neat. Yeah. Uh, you should have seen uh, Vicky came downstairs when we were done. And she was like, did you have fun? I had this huge smile on my face like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun playing Streets of Rage. Yeah, no, that was. I feel like times. a little kid, man. Like I used to play Streets of Rage with my cousin. Yeah, like all the time when we were kids. So mm-hmm. it really like brought back those nostalgic memories. Cool, it man. Me feel like a child. That's good times. That's good times. Yeah, but yeah, we need to get together more often and play games online because I know we had a little taste yeah. of that with Ghost of Tsushima, which we need to finish. Yeah. So I know we were talking about it before. I'm thinking Wednesdays or Sundays because that's usually when I'm free and I'm not streaming. So yeah, maybe even both. Just depends. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm down with that. We just need to make an effort and make it happen. We're both right. busy. We're both dads. We're both family men. We got to commit to a time. We just we don't have all this free time we had when we were kids. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like I'm scheduling all kinds of stuff that I feel like should happen naturally. Sometimes I just got to schedule time with the wife. I'm like, hey, wife, what are we doing? Are we roommates? Let's schedule some right. time together. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Y'all feeling me out there, family men? I hope you are. Right. So, yeah, that, that was me this week. I think it is time to get on to some gaming news. How about you? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, you got any uh, any news that you want to talk about first or anything popping up this week for you? Yeah, so not much this week. Uh, I did see that Nintendo bought Next Level Games. If you don't know who they are, they are the developers of Luigi's Mansion. Mm. And everybody... I think everybody, I did anyway, thought that they were already a first-party Nintendo company. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were, they had been put on the market, and Nintendo was just like, okay, we gotta scoop them up because they've been making like some good games for us. 
yeah. before like Microsoft or Sony decides to come in and take them from them. So uh, that's real Mi- good. Microsoft be buying up everybody. They even tried to buy mm-hmm. Nintendo. I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, and Nintendo said they laughed their asses off. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's the, the executives of Microsoft recall Nintendo laughing in their faces, which, to be fair... I get like if you if if you never ask for something, then how you know if you you can get it or not? But why why do you think you could just buy Nintendo? Right, Nintendo's now. been in this game for a long time. Come on now, way longer than y'all. But That's crazy. Uh, Next yeah. Level Games also developed the Super Mario Strikers games on the GameCube and the Wii, which oh, are great, okay. great okay. great games. Metroid Prime Federation Force never played that, but that was on 3DS, right? Yeah, I didn't hear too many good things about it, but I think mm-hmm. it was, that was just because it wasn't an actual Metroid Prime game with uh-huh. Samus. And they also did Punch Out on the Wii, which I've heard good things about. So. Yeah, that's actually really fun. I have a copy of that. It's pretty good. Yeah, good things to continue coming to Nintendo since they bought Next Level. So I can't wait to see what they come out with next. Yeah, there's rumors, pretty strong ones, that we'll probably see a Switch Pro this year, right? Yeah, I didn't look it, it up, though. No, it's okay. I, I, to be, to be completely transparent, I haven't been following it super closely either. But if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd put down that Nintendo is going to drop some big news this year. In fact, I think they planned probably more to drop more stuff last year, but pandemic. I think it took yeah. them a second to reorient. They're a company. I think there's a reason why they're a little bit more respected, but also obviously they have a lot of issues too. Let's not say they're perfect. Right. When right. it comes to like the way they treat their employees, they're pretty exemplary in the video game community for treating them pretty decently. And I think that's the reason why like they're going to have some delays while they figure things out, get work from home situated. I mean, you even saw Sakurai doing some of his smash presentations from his house. And I think mm-hmm. they've just recently the most recent one from a studio finally <laughs> again. Right. So they're <laughs> they're getting back into it and figuring it out. Unfortunately, there's new strains of the coronavirus. It's more deadly than ever. Thousands upon thousands of people have already died this year from it. Like we're we're not out of the woods yet, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I, I still I'm pretty confident that we're gonna get a lot of big announcements for Nintendo this year, including the Switch Pro. I just have a feeling yeah. deep in my heart. And the rumors about it are that it's it'll display in four K and have an OLED screen, which yeah. the original PS Vita had, which was an amazing, amazing display. It was crisp. It was crisp. Yeah. No, I remember. So if, the, if the new Switch has an OLED screen, it's over. And it can play at 4K, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wonder how, how powerful it's going to be. And wonder how, wonder how much it's going to cost. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I would assume like 400 If yeah, you get a Switch Pro, are you going to sell your old Switch? Probably not. Yeah? I don't know, because I have the Smash Brothers Switch. So, oh, I see. So you have a special edition yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, I got a special boy. I might hang on to mine. Maybe give it to Ben when he gets a little bit older. Because he's going to be five here in a few weeks. Oh, my God. Crazy. They're growing you know? up too fast. Too fast. Right? Yeah, he's just a big kid now. <laughs> Since yeah, we're actually getting... kid now. We got a, a new bed on the way. It's awesome. It looks like... It's not a bunk bed, but it is a little raised, and there's like flaps that hang down. So it basically has a makeshift fort underneath his bed, and Ooh. there's a ladder to climb up it, like a short ladder, and then he, there's a slide so he can come down it too. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah, you no, know, that's pretty cool. Like I'm excited. I I never had a bed like that growing up, and I'm excited to be able to give him one and see him geek out about it. So he doesn't know it's coming. I'm gonna try like build it in a day in his room and get it all set up and everything before he sees it. So that way we can get a reaction shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, man. I'll, yeah. I'll let you know how it goes, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see what else we got for, as far as gaming news, got a few things I could probably rattle off. Elder Scrolls might be getting a Netflix show soon. 
So that's mm. for those who don't know Elder Scrolls series, that's Oblivion, that's Morrowind, that's Skyrim. So Bethesda that's and Netflix are reportedly come out yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, Bethesda and Netflix are reportedly in talks of doing a live action uh Elder Scrolls. I think it's live action. Again, these are all rumors. They haven't really been as solidly confirmed as some of the others. But obviously, we've been talking a lot about a lot of different video game shows coming to Netflix, and I'm I'm here for it. I think that's yeah. great. I think what they've done so far with The Witcher, which I mean is more of a book show than a video game show, but whatever. Uh, right. In Castlevania, it's been awesome to see. Dragon's Dogma was yeah, you know, <clears throat> yeah, it's all right. But you know, every every show is going to be a little different. I'm still excited to see what they do. So yeah. A little bit news for Smash. I always hate it when I miss these, so I want to let other Smash fans know that there are new spirits on the spirit board right now up until midday on January 13th. Age of Calamity themed spirits. You can Ooh. get a spirit of the what they call the Diminutive Guardian. His name is Terrico. I don't know why. That's not a spoiler, but it's the little egg right. guardian guy. So Terrico, Impa from Age of Calamity, and Master Koga. And Master Koga is a pretty interesting battle. Actually, they all are, to be honest. I love it when they do new spirit battles because I like to see how they design them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Then I get to go in and like unlock the spirits and then eventually do like new spirit teams for like those custom rule sets and then try to see if I can beat him without equipping my own spirits, which, you know, sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Let's see. Last thing on my radar this week, as far as gaming news is concerned, is Persona albums, a bunch of them. Persona 3, Persona 4, Persona 5, Persona Dancing All Night, different concert albums, bunch of Persona music just dropped on Spotify. And oh, I think on Apple man. Music too, perhaps? I don't know. I, I'm a Spotify guy, so I always focus when they drop on Spotify, but it's it's on streaming, basically. So if you are tired of going to find a funky YouTube playlist and listening to ads in between your, your Persona songs or trying to find them on SoundCloud, now you can just go to Spotify and listen to your Persona music. There you go. Awesome. I'm going to check that out. Because when yeah. Square dropped that uh, final all the Final Fantasy music, yeah, I was on that for days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, that Cowboy Bebop, like all, all my good obscure stuff is coming to streaming now and I couldn't be happier. You know what we need to do? We need to make an official player two as enter the podcast video game music playlist. Hmm. How cool would that be? That'd be pretty cool. I think so. I think we should do it. Why don't you uh, listeners, if you have any suggestions, let us know. We'll check them out. But I'm, I'm talking me and you like I already have a bunch of songs in my head. Send me your suggestions we can make this playlist. I'll make it happen. Then we can advertise it on a future episode, let people know what's out there, and then you can search the list and follow it if you want. Ooh, yes, yeah, I'm into good, it. Man. I say we do it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very Japanese felt people. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it, it likely will be because we're 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 two guys that love our RPGs. So yeah. get ready for that. But it's gonna be good. I mean, it's gonna be some solid yeah. music, man, for sure. I mean, there's, uh, if there's one thing I'm known for, it's making decent playlists. Like, that's a thing that I used to do. So, all yeah, right. I will, uh, we were talking about playing Smash online, but I just got an email the other day that I was removed from the family account that <laughs> a group of all of us and your friends are on. Oh, you removed? So like, oh, Why? Oh, I don't know. Probably because I didn't pay whatever money. I oh, didn't you pay. didn't pay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to pay, man. Yeah, I know. But I don't. That was so long ago, so I'm just going to get my own. <laughs> like 20 okay. bucks, whatever. Well, I mean, my friend, uh, a specific friend of mine, I'm not going to like blast his name out or anything on the podcast, but he's the one that like has the 
the master account or whatever, I can get a hold of him and just, you know, get you connected and have you send the money if you want to join back. I'm sure he would okay. mind. We're, I mean, it's, it exists. Right. How much was it again? I forget. It was like a few dollars or some shit. Yeah, it was only like a few dollars because there were so many of us on the thing. So Right. Okay. Save you some yeah, money. We'll talk. Yeah, okay. we'll talk. All right, we'll talk offline about that. All <laughs> right. Well, this week, Derek, I just got to know, what you feeling? I am feeling family. Mi family. familia. And I say this because, as you know, last week uh, I said that my grandmother had passed away. Yeah. Well, yesterday, that. being Friday, was her funeral services. Mm-hmm. And I just saw so much family that I had not seen in so many years. And it just it just felt really good. Like, it was not great circumstances, but just to see how people have grown. And I see my cousins with their kids that are, like, damn near my height. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's always weird. Is, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I'm feeling family. Like, I went over the in-laws yesterday and, like I said, saw the nephew and everything. And it's just uh, it's a good feeling. And even if you don't like, aren't able to see people like you want to, just call them, call them up, see how they're doing. Because yeah. I mean, we family at the end of the day, family is really all you got. So I'm feeling family. Love your family, love your people. Yeah, we have our differences sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they can be a holes, but you know, still family. So yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling family, man. Real heavy right now. Well, that's good. I'm glad that it was a good gathering. On Friday, hopefully everybody is safe and, you know, everything goes okay as far as like the post gathering, that type of thing. It's always rough to try to gather in this pandemic. So, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like she, your grandmother was really loved and a lot of people yeah. were there to celebrate her life. So that's great, man. It's good to hear. Yeah. It's encouraging. Yeah. Well, I, I was struggling for what I'm feeling this week. You know, I uh, haven't been doing a whole lot of new stuff lately. It was just a crazy week and I was just stressed out all week. I mean... Like I said, I didn't expect the attempted coup at the Capitol to affect me the way it did. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a lot to process, you know, psychologically. A lot of sleepless, restless nights. But um, I was thinking about it. And Natalie Wynn, who's also known as ContraPoints on Twitter, had reminded me of this. You ever know, just think about somebody famous and go, I wonder how they're doing. You go check their Twitter account. And nope. she tweeted out. Uh, <laughs> she's Nope, not me. I do sometimes. I'll think about like a YouTube personality, a follower, somebody I'm really into, and maybe they don't they don't post as often. So like say video game donkey, if he doesn't post in two months, I'm like, oh what he's up to? I'll go check his Twitter. Yeah. But I saw her tweet out Tokyo Godfathers is the best Christmas movie, which is a deeply held belief of mine. And I was like, Yes. Yes. Tokyo Yeah, Tokyo Godfathers is a Christmas movie. It's also an anime. And it's got a special place in my heart and Kristen's heart because a few Christmases ago, and actually more than a few, because this is back before Ben was born. It was the first Christmas, I think, after we had lost our twins. Mm -hmm. And, you know, holidays are especially tough when it comes to dealing with loss because holidays, you know, are about family. You know, we just talked about how you, you, when you're feeling your family, holidays are nice because you get to get together with your family. And so when you build up that anticipation or that expectation to have certain people around for the holidays and they pass away, it can be hard. And I think one of the things that we did to try to start up the healing was, or what was recommended to us, was to start our own personal family Christmas traditions so we could focus on that rather than focus on what we didn't have or what the expectation was originally. 
So one of the traditions we started was just to find like a new or interesting Christmas movie to watch or just watch one of our, our existing favorites. And I, I think it was on it's not on Netflix anymore. In fact, it was really hard to find. I recently got a Blu-ray and got it for Kristen not too long ago. But we found this movie called Tokyo Godfathers. And it's about three homeless people in Japan who find an abandoned baby on Christmas Eve. And they mm-hmm. spend the whole night trying to get the baby back to its mother. Oh, that's cool. It is. And it's actually, it's a really heartwarming, really heartfelt type film. But also it's got that Japanese quirk and it's kind of funny. There is a guy always doing haikus. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's really neat. One of the characters is trans, but they're homeless. So they're really struggling because they can't present how they want to present. Because obviously that takes investment and money. And another guy lies about his backstory and how he lost his family. And, and he has to, he ends up having to confront that. Like they all have, there's a one girl that's a runaway. They all have their own individual stories that kind of play out while they're trying to like band together to find a home for this baby. So it's really great. If you haven't seen it, I'd say it's worth, you know, looking up online and trying to buy a copy of the Blu-ray or searching it down. And again, it means something very special to me because it, w- it represents that first Christmas where we were trying to pick up the pieces after a huge loss. So, okay. so yeah, that's that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling Tokyo Godfathers, and I want to recommend it to our listeners out there. Awesome. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about real quick. Uh, y'all know I love anime. Love that anime. I've been, yeah, I've been trying to get my mother into anime for like the past two years. So <laughs> I had her, <laughs> yeah, so I had her watch like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because I want her to understand me. You know what I mean? Like she I, understands I, me. But I she, understand that she sentiment. No, me yeah. <laughs> like that. Okay, uh-huh. but <laughs> so I she came over on Christmas and she was like, "What's the show about?" And it was the Promised Neverland. I think I've talked about it before on the show, but uh, it's anime about a group of kids in an orphanage. And without any spoilers, everything is not as it seems. And that's as far as I'm going to go with it. Okay. But she watched it and she ended up watching the entire first season on Netflix. She's like. Derek, I love that show. And I was like, yes. That's cool. Mom's into anime. (laughs) We got one. We got another one. And that's the hardest thing to do is to get these middle-aged people to watch animation, especially Japanese animation. Yeah. You know, there's such a stigma still against it for older people generations and people that yeah just boomers are like their cartoons are. are for kids yeah <laughs> so, yeah i totally get that that's cool man yeah yeah so uh promise neverland is on netflix season one and season two episode one just dropped on hulu so if you guys are fans go check it out i, I i'm you'd actually probably, you probably like it too i was gonna say if it's an anime that your mom got into it sounds like it would be easy to get into I, mean, I think uh, one of the the larger barriers for anime is just how insane it can get and how Sometimes there, there's a lot of anime like Naruto comes to mind where it seems to just make up the rules as it goes along. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like that. And that always takes me out of it. So, yeah, it's a real suspense thriller type show. So I like that. I yeah. like that. Promise Neverland. I'm going to look that up for real. That yeah. sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, speaking of anime, I got all this energy inside of me, Derek. I don't oh, it's uh, swelling up. I don't really know where it's going, but it, it just feels like it's bursting out like I'm going to power level 9000! Super Saiyan! It's time for the Derek X Mike Anime, anime Challenge. Challenge! Part 2 Hyper Edition Turbo Director's Cut Return! <laughs> After a week off, we have to come back and we have to talk about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. We got episodes 40, 41, 42, 
Woo! Why did I do this to myself? And then we have <laughs> Berserk Heightness, episode 14. Derek, I just have to know. Berserk, episode 14. What it do? It do. Lots of blood and lots of spilling, baby. I'm telling you. <laughs> guts are dripping. always new. Yeah, it's, it's dripping, baby. It's, it's <laughs> dripping, baby. I always knew Guts was that dude, but man, uh, last we saw him, he was taking on uh, the Blue Whales forces all by himself. Hundred Costco, Yeah, and Costco was about to get raped by a couple of them. Not great. And Yeah, not great. Not great. And so the episode starts out, Costco's like, you know what? I'm not going down like this. She remembers something that Guts says, and he said, uh, do you really want to die in this forest like this? Is this how you want your story to end? She's mm-hmm. like, hell no. So she ends up fighting off her attackers. Thank God. Because yes. I do not want to see that. Do and, not want to see that. Yeah, she ends up killing, I think, two of them. And then the rest of the band of the Hulk actually shows up and saves her. And that was great. And Guts, meanwhile, is fighting off 100 men. He's already killed 50 of them. Wow. <laughs> Which is just that's crazy. insane. One dude. Meanwhile, he's got like arrows like through his arms and through his legs. And he's just mopping the floor with these dudes. And Casca's like, we got to get to Guts. We got to get to Guts. He could be dead. We got to get to Guts. And mm-hmm. so they finally get to the area where he was fighting. And all they see are bodies. Bodies Damn. hit the flow. <laughs> and they're walking. <laughs> all they see is a anybody metal make album. A- right. <laughs> well, anybody make a false move, their body's on the floor. <laughs> and there were a lot of false moves made that day. <laughs> Woo! False moves all over the place. All right. <laughs> yeah. And so then they see Guts just linked up sleep against a tree. Mm. Like nothing happened. And he's, he's real beat up and stuff, but he's literally like sleeping. I was going to say sleeping or passed out from like blood loss. <laughs> Something, man. But they go over there and he's up and he killed 100 men, man. Yo. The Hundred Man Slayer. That's how he gets that nickname, Hundred Man Slayer. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. But uh, they regroup, they go back to the camp, and Griffith was actually out at some sort of meeting. But he decided that uh, he was going to come back. Because uh-huh. they were like, I can't believe Griffith's not here to see us back. Like, this right. is some bullshit. Mm-hmm. But uh, he cuts the meeting short, or he just leaves, or turns, around, turns back, or whatever. And uh, Guts and Casca actually have a really heartfelt talk, and this is about as deep as I've ever seen Guts on the show. Mm-hmm. And he's basically talking about how everyone in the Band of the Hawk has this dream that's like a light, like a fire that they have. When he looks down in the camp, he's like, it looks like a bonfire of dreams down there. And actually, Casca says that. I'm sorry. Yeah. But he's basically saying like, and they're all casting their fire into this bigger fire that is Griffith's dream. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that he doesn't have one, and he's been living basically just swinging his sword and surviving. So he's trying to figure out what his dream is. Right. He's actually and... realizing that, like, shit, I've been in survival mode this whole time. What? I- I'm surrounded by these people with such strong desires and wants. What the hell do I want? Yeah. And he said, like, the person who raised him, uh, what's his name again? Gambino. Gambino. He said the only thing he taught him was how to wield a sword. He mm-hmm. didn't teach him anything about women, anything. Like, he has no idea about anything other than swinging that sword. And I just thought that was just so, so sad, man. He's literally been just going through his life since a child. Trying not surviving. to die. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And that's no way to live. So mm-hmm. he's just introspective. And he's going to try and figure out what he actually wants to do with his life. 
And Costco looks at him and says, you're not thinking of leaving the band as a hawk after the war, are you? He's like, eh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But he's uh, like, let's just get to the end of the war first. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Griffith gets back and uh, Costco starts talking about how, oh, my God, if it wasn't for me, then none of this would have happened. And I could have gotten all these people killed. And, and then Gus just kind of pushes her into Griffith and he hugs her and she gets all. Uh, embarrassed and her cheeks turn red and yeah. Gus just turns away like hmm. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know you like this man. Get up get up on him and you know you love him, so show him you love him. Quit acting like a little punk. Just Yeah. And Griffith gives her you know, not the bedroom eyes, but he gives her the, you know, like I care about you right. eyes. Right. She's like nice. I'm just glad you're okay. Yeah. And it was it was beautiful. And then the episode ends and nice. I just I loved it. It was a great episode. The character development for Guts was like crazy. Guts and Casca's relationship is getting way more. They're seeing eye to eye. Yeah, they're understanding each other. You know, they've been through some shit together now and they understand where each other's coming from. I really like this couple of episodes too. Just seeing how they grow out of this hardship and the understanding that they mutually reach. Yeah, I agree. Good stuff. Well, excellent. All right. Well, episode 14. So we got episode 40, and this is interesting. So we start off with Olivier reporting to King Bradley at Central, and she just straights up admits to killing Raven, but she's like, hey, man, Raven out here talking this mad shit. He letting the plan mm-hmm. fly to any hussy that bats eyes at him. He's a waste of space. You need to gone ahead and let me take his place, right? She's trying to infiltrate. And Bradley's like, hmm, okay, but we're going to take Briggs, and we're going to take it right. over and do whatever we want with it. Fuck you. We're going to sacrifice them. And, and, you can tell, like, she's not cool with that, but she's putting on a face like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> so right. she's making moves. Uh, Hawkeye sends a coded message to tell Mustang that Salim is an hom- homunculus. Like, she actually manages to get a message to him through, like, a little code they worked out. Now Mustang knows that. Then they shoot to Father in his lair, and he shoots back to a daydream. It's funny because it goes from Father to Hohenheim. Instead of father to father, which is interesting. But you find out where father came from. So they go back to ancient Xerxes, which is that civilization that, you know, had vanished and nobody really understood what was going on. And you Mm -hmm. see a young Hohenheim. You're like, shit, he really is old. And he's, (laughs) he's just a nameless slave known only as number 23. And he meets this homunculus in a jar. It's just basically a dark shadow that has an eye and a mouth. And starts to talk to him. And he's a being in a flask that I guess Hohenheim or number 23, his master, had created from Hohenheim's blood. Mm-hmm. And it starts to talk to him. There's like, what's your name? He's like, I'm 23. And he's like, ah, we got to give you a different name. It basically gives him the name of Von Hohenheim. And 23 is yeah. like, I like that. Thank you. He starts to teach him the basics of alchemy as like a thank you. Right. So he's yeah. learning alchemy from this homunculus in a flask, which is interesting. The homunculus was obviously created for bigger ambitions, and the king of Xerxes is trying to find out from the homunculus whether or not immortality is possible. And the homunculus Mm -hmm. says it is, and so promises to make the current king of Xerxes immortal. And in order to do that, the king has to create a gigantic transmutation circle. Sound familiar? Mm Kind of like the one that's being built around Amestris right now. At the appointed time, The king is supposed to stand in the center of the circle and the whole country would then become a sacrifice. And all of those souls 
would basically be infused into a philosopher's stone that would make the king immortal. However, the homunculus had a little bit of a different plan. The homunculus did not actually give the king the right spot to stand in. He had himself, well, he had Hohenheim carrying him in a flask. They were standing in the center. So everybody, including the king, became a sacrifice to give Hohenheim and the homunculus in the flask immortality. So when everything was all said and done and Hoheim awoke, he looked around to see everybody in Xerxes dead except for him and the homunculus who created a body that looked just like Hoheim. That's who father is. Father is this homunculus who basically manipulated Hoheim and the king of Xerxes into getting a body and becoming immortal and killing everybody in Xerxes. And that's how it all happened initially. Yeah, it's insane. And obviously Hoheim... A little sick from this. A little like, oh my god, what did you do? <laughs> so you find that whole history out and what's going on, and then you shoot back to the present. Hohenheim back in the present actually runs into Azumi and Sig. Azumi, of course, is Ed and Alphonse's alchemy master. And he notices Azumi is very sick. And why she's sick? Because she committed the ultimate sin. She gave parts of herself to try to bring back her son, yada, yada, yada. We know the backstory. Mm-hmm. He sends Sig off on kind of like a distraction errand, and then he like apologizes to her and just blow shoots his fist right inside Izumi. And I'm like, oh my god, is he killing her? Right. <laughs> I got a little worried. Is he getting her? <laughs> yeah, right. What he did is he used his skill to rearrange her organs so her blood can flow a little better. So he didn't really completely heal her, but he made it so she wasn't so weak and she wouldn't die as quickly. Right. And he explained to her that she can't die yet. Because she's needed and also let her know, and this is something we just found out from the flashback, that basically Hohenheim is a philosopher's stone in human form. All those souls, all those dead people that were sacrificed, all all the people of Xerxes are a part of him. They're like written into his DNA. He can feel their pain and their screams. And I'm like, how is this man not insane? Right. Right. How do you hold it together? (laughs) Like just having that be a part of you. But it is what it is. Yeah. We shoot that, in the they, next they episode. Explain it. Oh, they do? Okay. Well, yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah. So we shoot to the next episode. Miles is planning to try and kill Kimberly and his two henchmen. Of course, Miles is the ish fallen soldier with the Briggs army. And Edward's like, no, you can't kill Kimberly because killing is wrong. And I'm I'm going the Batman route, apparently. I don't know why, because they would kill us without a second thought. What am I doing with my life? So <laughs> I don't understand why Edward's all of a sudden like and, and Edward and Alphonse up to this point, they were in the military. The military kills people. What are you doing? Right. So, right. OK, but Scar and company exit the mine and they find Alphonse who's buried in the snow because he was trying to warn them about going to the Briggs Fortress and how it was taken over by Central Command. So Scar decides to lead them to a nearby Ishfallen slum that he knows is in between the mines and, and Briggs. So they kind of head that way. Hmm. Miles attempts to snipe at Kimberly, but Kimberly can already kind of detect. He can. He said he felt the malice in the air, like he knew somebody was going to try to kill him. And he uses a cover of snow, like he uses alchemy to kind of like make fog so he can enter the mines. And Edward follows him and is attacked by a, a couple more of Kimberly's chimeras, Darius and Henkel. Or yeah. Henkel. 
And he disables them by using the ammonia and dynamite. Like he breaks down the ammonia and the dynamite and overwhelms their high, de- highly developed sense of smell. They were chimeras. What were they like fused with a dog? I can't remember what kind of chimeras. Uh, they were. It was, I think it was a gorilla and a lion. Yeah. But apparently they can all smell. They could smell really well. So it kind of knocks right. them out. And then Kimberly's holding the philosopher's stone and Edward knocks it out of his hand, thinking it's the only one that he has. But we both know that Kimberly has two philosopher's stones. Dos. So, when Edward thinks he has the drop on Kimberly, Kimberly produces the other Philosopher's Stone and creates a massive explosion, shooting Edward and his chimeras down the mine shaft because he don't give a damn. Right. And Edward is impaled by a steel bar and is bleeding Eesh. out like profusely, like he's probably going to die. Meanwhile, they shoot back to Alphonse. He's starting to drift in and out of consciousness, again, feeling the tug of his soul trying to drag back to his body. Mm-hmm. Edward kind of wakes up, notices that he's impaled, and he asks the chimeras to remove the bar. And they're like, really? Like, we were just fighting, and you're just going to trust us to try to save your life? And he's like, well, clearly Kimberly doesn't give a shit about you. And they're like, yeah, true. And you didn't kill us. Right. So, okay, <laughs> fine. We'll work together to try to get out of here. He uses some of his lifespan, basically kind of learning the tricks that he learned from using a Philosopher's Stone and knowing that's like life force. He uses some of his own life force to fix his wound and stop the bleeding when they pull the bar out, which I thought was an interesting trick. Not sure how many years of his life he lost, but he was going to die if he didn't do it. So I guess, you know, easy choice to make. The Chimeras find the Philosopher's Stone that he had knocked out of Kimberly's hand earlier. They pick that up and Edward and decide to take him to a doctor. That's the end of episode 41. Finally, we get to 42. Alphonse wakes up. He realized he was dismantled by the group that was carrying him back to the tunnels so they can reassemble him. And May deciphers a code in the notes that was written by Scar's brother by just kind of rearranging and overlapping the pages and revealing that huge nationwide Amestris transmutation circle. Mm -hmm. So now they're all privy to the plan as well. Then after kind of accidentally flipping over some more pages, they reassemble another Alkahestri transmutation circle that could neutralize the first. So now they're formulating a plan to use this huge transmutation circle that Central is trying to build around Hemestris against them. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So now we have maybe a possible counterpoint to that. Kimberly encounters Pride, of course, which is, you know, Salim. Pride tells Kimberly to carve out the Briggs Fortress blood crest, which basically means it's time for people to die at Briggs. We're right. we're getting that blood crest part of the transmutation circle done. Because if you notice Every circular point of that circle is a place of strife or war. Ishval, that other like religious town. What was the place called? Lior. Yeah, Lior. Like that's that's why they sow so much strife and war because they need blood. They need to actually fill those areas. So Kimberly's like, cool, I'm evil. Let's do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, we shoot elsewhere. Fallman contacts Breda. And Sloth finishes digging the tunnels. So I think the transmutation circle is pretty much done. Hohenheim arrives in Lior, where Rose and the other citizens are trying to rebuild. And he finds an underground passage under the Church of Leto. And he actually stumbles upon Sloth's tunnels. So he's like, you know, you know the tunnels, they're guarded by pride. He's actually attacked by pride. And I was like, oh shit, how's he going to get out of this? But he manages to escape beyond pride's limit. Apparently... In that transmutation circle, it's similar to the flask that Father was originally encased in, meaning that Pride has limits as far as his shadow abilities. He can't go outside that circle. Right. So 
once Hohenheim figures that out, he tells Pride, hey, I got a message. Let Father know I'm coming for his ass. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. He's like, hey, you can't cross this line, can you? Yeah, that's right. What? Uh, that's what mm-hmm. Tell Father to ruin my shit. I know. And Pride's <laughs> like, you could, he's he's so pissed. He's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Right. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> and then they shoot back to Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly. They shoot back to Kimberly, and he conspires with the Drachman military, which, of course, is that area above Briggs that they're constantly under threat from. Yeah, to rush them. And so, basically, Kimberly is going to use Drachman's ambitions to start a war with Briggs and get all that bloodshed going. And you see huge Drachman forces approaching the Briggs wall. So, the last thing you see is one of Kimberly's chimeras informing Envy of Marco's location. So, I guess they know where Marco is now. So, whoops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's 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 where we're at. So how you feel, man? A lot of big revelations this week. Oh boy, yeah, definitely remove some of the mystery around Xerxes and the origin of father and why Hohenheim is immortal and why they look alike. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. It seems like Hohenheim really is trying to right the wrongs. I wonder why it took him all this time and why he let all all this progress go by. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like. Couldn't you try to stop them when they were small? <laughs> right. When they were little babies. <laughs> little babies. So, and it, I think it, I find it interesting that I guess he would want to shield Edward and Alphonse from his alchemy world when they were young. But after he finds out that not only were they proficient at alchemy, but they did the ultimate sin, saw the truth and all that. At that point, they're strong enough in alchemy. They've been through it. Let them in on this shit, man. You know? Yeah. They yeah. could be clear allies. Like Hohenheim and Alphonse and Edward could be working together. And I don't know why that hasn't become a thing already. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see that come together. But obviously allies are shoring up. They're getting plans together. The big climactic butting of heads is going to come soon. And what are we, 20 episodes out from the end? Yep. There's 64 yeah. episodes. So 64. So, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to find out pretty soon how this all shakes out so yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be great all right well that is our show for the first week of 2021 what a week it was mm-hmm. hope we brought a little bit of cheer and joy back into your lives listeners we appreciate you thanks for coming and hanging with us for an hour and if you want to hang with us a little more maybe check out some pickups follow derek and his thrifting adventures where can they locate you at derek they can check out the eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. Follow me on Instagram at gamer goodies more and on Twitter at goodies underscore more. And as I said earlier, it's kind of my first time plugging this, but I do have a fleet, few flea market booths at the Peddler's Mall at 7803 East Washington Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46219. So if you're ever in the area or you live in the area, come check me out. I got some good deals on stuff. Better than eBay because I don't have to pay those fees and whatnot. So come check it out. And remember, we have a Facebook. So check us out. Follow us. Give us a like. It helps us out. You can find us at facebook.com slash player two is entered the pod. And we also have a YouTube channel. So if you search player two is entered the podcast on YouTube, you can find and subscribe to us there. And that way you can have a quick heads up when new episodes are dropped or if we do any clips and you just want to listen to those or share those around. We very much appreciate it. You can find and follow me on Twitter at Mike Peterson, AL for all my bonehead leftist takes or sharing of gaming memes. (laughs) You can check out my YouTube channel where I archive all my past uh, streams and playthroughs that I talk about. 
That's at MC Paper Stacks Plays. And if you want to come hang out with me on Twitch, I'd very much appreciate it. You can check me out at twitch.tv slash MC Paper Stacks. I'm streaming brawlers and beat em ups on Monday nights, horror games on Friday nights, and then Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday do the mainstream. Right now we're doing Cyberpunk 2077. If you have any feedback for us, questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, you can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And of course, we're uploading every single Sunday at the hub, anchor.fm slash player two is entered the pod. And you can listen to us wherever podcasts are located. Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocketcast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We appreciate you. We hope you guys have a good and safe week coming up, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Peace.